0: All right, we are here with Masha Gordon for Spartan Up Podcast at the base of the staircase. This is going to be the first time ever we do this for Spartan Up. We're going to hike up the mountain. Hiking is no stranger to Masha. She just cl- what did you do? You did uh
1: I did Explore Grand Slabs where I climbed the highest peak in every continent, including uh, Everest and including Denali.
0: So so uh seven?
1: That's correct. Seven, seven. plus trekking to two poles.
0: Trekking to two poles, and you did that cross country skiing or, or how yeah, you...
1: that's correct. Yeah, you put you put on Nordic skis, you have very, very heavy sleds, and you just go.
0: And the toughest challenge she said is gonna be doing this one mile trek up the stone stairs. This is gonna be the hard one. So we're gonna go and we're gonna interview on
2: the way up the stairs. Watch your step. Welcome to SpartanUpPodcast.com. I am surrounded by greatness. We have Marion behind the camera, we have Sephra, we have Dave DeLuca, Johnny Waite, and Joe DeSena. And uh, here we are in Pittsfield, but you were uh, with, also in Pittsfield, with Masha Gordon amazing woman um incredible challenge uh completed
0: north pole south pole seven continents seven highest peaks and then obviously the thing that makes it a grand slam spartan up
2: podcast let's find out how somebody does that
0: (laughs) (laughs) how the hell do you get that done in a year it's unbelievable you are um a student of the mountains that is the mountain we're going up what do you think scared (laughs) tell tell me like you you did you did the the tallest mountains in the world um you've stood in a position like this every time about to head up tell me what goes on in your mind
1: um yeah it's um it's healthy amount of respect and the fear for the mountain because the key thing in the elements is weather right and understanding that we there are things are variables we can't change and uh we have to think and use good judgment for those but it's excitement as well. It's um, it's adventure. And I think what got me into uh, into climbing was that sense of adventure and it's anticipation of, of heading out.
0: So so you're sitting here. We're at base camp right now, right? We're about to climb yeah. this monster. Um, you ever thinking of quitting at that point? You're like, I'm out. This is ridiculous. What am I doing?
1: You could have fear. You could have fatigue, accumulated fatigue, big time. But no, you could quit only because of the weather and the judgment, it's not a good day to head For out. For
0: you, you're on, you're on, let's say, give, give us the order you went. What did you do first?
1: Sir, sure, I did Kelly first. Um, Kilimanjaro first I did it in 24 hours, very fast nice. Most people do it in a, in a week yeah. um, Then I did Vinson, which is a mountain in Antarctica Then I did South Pole And there, I kind of have to say I thought of quitting, but it wasn't practical <laughs> Because I had to pull this big sled And uh, it was very, very cold And mind bogglingly just, just boring Because you walk across uh, the ice For, I, I, for days, I, and, days and days and days Rumor has
0: it you were listening yeah. to the Spartan Up podcast
1: I, it's you're absolutely right, and that's what saved my sanity. <laughs> Listening to people who have gone through similar it's things, over but yeah, big time. That was a a, a big sanity. We saw we
0: saw um, on Google Maps when we, you were in South Pole, we saw like a light. So that was probably the, the podcast. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Halo. <laughs> yeah. Then I broke my wrist and kind of had to on, figure on out. On the South Pole. After South Pole, I went ice climbing in Chamonix and broke my wrist and thought, Because wow. it wasn't
0: enough, the challenge. You had to go ice climbing. Exactly. So, I was
1: like, well, I probably will be the first woman in the Guinness Book of Records to um, to um, to do stuff with uh, with a broken wrist. But I'm kidding. that uh, it, it was quite traumatic. I just thinking, like, do I quit now or, or not? And... Uh, the next summit was Aconcagua, and I remembered Wounded Warriors going up uh, that mountain. I thought, well, if they can do it, I can certainly do it with a cast. I had to you know, adjust and do the normal route. I wanted to do a Polish glacier. But, yeah, I did it, and I, I set a different challenge for myself there. Um, I couldn't do technical routes, so I said, well, can I do it in three days from base camp right. without acclimatization? Um, that will give me a good sense. Am I made for Everest? And I did that without, nice. without much. What so, about
0: what, So explain that acclimatization, because a bunch of people I talked to even before you got here this morning said, Joe, I've had pulmonary edema. It's no joke. I mean, how
1: do you, how do you deal with that? I think I do have a gift. Um, some people have uh, a more apt to acclimatizing the others are not but it's also hard work um, so the way of acclimatizing is going up exposing your body to stress uh, and then coming down and sleeping lower and doing it over and over and over again at the progressive um, altitude now I've done for the past year and a half nothing but climbing and I think that my body has a memory of being on the altitude and also probably has a higher amount of red blood cells that are residual of, of the climbs. But yeah, it's your judgment gets impaired. Um, you, I, the, I think the best example, is just thinking like when you are given oxygen on your last day of Everest, the world reacquires colors, and they feel like, oh wow, that's what I've been uh-huh. missing. Uh-huh. Clearly, um, breathing and, and having exposure to oxygen is an, is an amazing feeling, and that's what the appreciation you get. The you,
0: um, you, you set a really low bar, I just want oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> Most people need cars and houses and money, just give me oxygen. But that's
1: beautiful, right? Yeah, that yeah. like, shows you how little you need in life, and I think that whole journey of sleeping 100 days in a tent after having the light of, life of plenty, just being grateful of being in, in a, a minus forty sleeping bag that gives you warmth um, actually kind of taught me how little you need to feel to feel happy. Yeah,
0: sometimes we uh, we interviewed uh, at Cornell University a happiness professor, right? And he said, um, actually, um, you, you if you charted it, you would get less happiness the more material things you acquire. And I experienced what you just described, which is when I took things away and only wanted water, food, and shelter. Um, Receiving any one of those three made me the happiest person For sure. alive.
1: For sure, it's satisfying the primary things, and yeah. it's all about your baseline, right?
0: Sure. So that's why I, I, I uh, subscribe to burpees every morning and cold showers because it can't, after that the I day gonna <laughs> do. There's nothing <laughs> that anybody can say to me that's bad, right? Right. Sure. So, so, um, all right. So we're at we're at base camp here, right? Right. We, we started our climb. We're here. We're looking at the top. Um, how does one, like most people take 14 days to do Congo, like you said, and you did it in three. How do you, how do you approach that? Do you, you tell your teammates, hey, we're just going to run this thing, or what do you, what do, you do?
1: Sure, well, I had a climbing partner who was aligned. He, he was Ecuadorian, so he was acclimatized. And we set this fun challenge for ourselves. We knew that, uh, look, a is not a dangerous mountain as such, that we couldn't do it. We had a way out of, of acclimatizing more. We said, yep. let's just go and... And just let's, do it. Yeah, let's do it. And actually, this season, it really helped because the weather windows were very short. So if you had 14 days, you probably, by the time of your 14th day and the attempt of the summit, you would have been blown off. So sure. being fast and nimble uh, really, really paid off. And it paid off on other mountains for me this year.
0: So, so you got lucky. You know, when we were doing adventure races, um, we were never in first because we weren't that good. And um, we, would, we would get to a place, uh, let's say, 12 hours behind the first place team. And all of a sudden, there was a thunderstorm right. and mud. And we'd say, man, it really pays to be in first. And, and that's what you're saying, mm. right? So Now, it could have went the other way. I mean, you could have ran into a lightning storm. But then I guess you had time to wait.
1: Sure, we had time to wait. And we were fast we knew that we were agile, and I've done that mountain before, so it kind it actually really helps to have a mapped out physical uh, landmarks because it helps your mind deal with uh, what, what's coming next, or how long it's going to take. Sure, uh, you can quieten your mind better.
0: Were you going light? Did you have a lot of gear on these? No, th- we're
1: going very light. Uh, small tent, uh, very little food because we obviously were going just for a couple of days. But enough, obviously, to protect yourself. It's no joke to... The cold injuries are are a big deal in any mountain. So I have my system, and knowing the system and being able to thermoregulate is very important.
0: What what kind of food? What do you carry for food?
1: You just eat an amazing... Freeze dried. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, mountain mountain house does great stuff. Yeah. and you just have to say it's okay. I mean, the, the lightest foot, the lighter the foot is, the, the better, better. Yeah. because um, you can melt snow and uh, you don't have to carry it. The, the weight is your is your enemy. Sure. So, for example, on this uh, climb on Denali, we climbed alpine style, and we couldn't have. Tax, you know hard, bigger than 20 pounds so right. with that you reduce 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 and in our case actually we're reduced to the point we ran out of food in the last day but we made we made it okay so yeah
0: you find um eating less um is actually more like it, like you, you sometimes you get a little heavy eating too much
1: um i think you have to eat right things and when you're exercising that much um uh, you you have to uh, <laughs> when you're exercising that much. You have to um, make sure that you eat every forty five minutes to so sixty minutes because you you have levels, like exactly yeah. you, you have to maintain those high. Uh, and this was something as a Someone who came in the endurance uh, late in her life, this was a valuable lesson to learn
0: what, um, what kind of training did you do leading up to this? You started with uh, Kilimanjaro you did it extremely fast
1: yeah, so I did lots of um, mountaineering in the past in the past in the year prior to that, and the backcountry skiing is the best way of training for that because it's a zone two uh, endurance training it's uh, it's low uh, exertion, but you go for hours so I think what the best thing is to get yourself to go in a wet, uh, you know, place for 10, 12 hours and keep going and being able to keep yourself warm, um, keep yourself hydrated, uh, eat, um, and, and, and persevere at that. So mountains are very much, you know, low intensity, uh, long duration, uh, duration journeys.
0: So, um, every, with every uh, mountain that you conquered, you got a little closer, you're feeling good. You're probably gaining some confidence, right? Sure. And then, um, Everest. Everest was number six, number seven?
1: Yeah, Everest, Everest was number eight. Uh, right. And Everest, the interesting story was uh, I did North Pole prior to that. So to do North Pole, you need to fly onto the ice. To fly onto the ice, someone needs to uh, you know, to build a temporary airfield there. So in our case, in April, uh, they failed to build the, air case, the airfield, the, the flow cracked. Wow. And we were stuck in this small town, Longyearbyen and Svalbard in Norway, waiting uh, for the... Somebody to build an airfield. Exactly. And imagine sitting there 12 days, all very small. It's like population of bears, polar bears, 3,500, population of humans, 2,000, sitting wow. there for two weeks. Wow. But the scary thing was sitting there and knowing that the longer you wait, the more it, it's into the average uh, acclimatization season. And at some point, I had to draw a line, a bit like an investment of saying, I'm going to be you know this is late. if yeah it's going to be too late and unless they build it by the day x i'm living on day y miraculously they build it overnight just how are you
0: communicating your know, satellite radio they had over there and you're like where the hell's the airfield
1: yeah well they had representatives in long gear burn, and right. they were trying really hard but the uh, issue of the climate change is such that it's harder and harder to find larger ice flows so at the end we did uh, north pole and i flew back to i flew to Kathmandu from there Uh, Arriving to base camp on April 27th, which is very, very late. So I summited Everest within three weeks of arriving, uh, which is again a really, uh, really big deal. But it it happened, and uh, you you know I was able to do it to, to do it safely. Good weather. Uh, you, and with Everest, it's an exercise in patience. You have to wait for weather windows. Right. And because it's such a big mountain, a big system, uh, forecasts are often wrong. So I remember arriving to the uh, last camp thinking, well, we have our window and getting the forecast of 50 mile per hour winds. And that's a no-go, right? And I was sitting at that point, I teamed up with uh, an amazing woman, Lydia Brady, who was the first woman to summit um, Everest without oxygen in 1988. She was a guide who lost her clients, so she was kind of on her own. We looked at each other and we said, we'll chance it, right? But I said, look, if, uh, if it's turning bad, I'm submitting to your desire, we'll turn. And for the following, for the first eight hours of the climb, it was touch and go because there were crowds as it usually So you happened.
0: knew, you were, at that point, you left knowing you are gonna turn around.
1: I laugh knowing that if it, is, it becomes unsafe, yes
0: But it's highly likely I'm going to turn around So, yes. you're, so you're, Absolutely. you're investing Absolutely. at this point Eight hours to turn around, it's a tough thing to do
1: I've invested that point six and a half Months of my life right. to try to break A record, right. and a couple Of years of dreaming to do Everest right. And knowing that if I turn around That it'll be very unlikely we'll get another shot Yeah, because shot. you're
0: not going to go do this again the next Year, right? Like-
1: yeah, but it was a question Of can we come down, resupply oxygen And try again, and right. probably they, It was too late in the season to do that So it was very heart wrenching understanding that and that's a valuable lesson to learn in life. You can't control everything. So you have to be able to deal with failures where things are outside of your control. Again, luckily, um, you know, we managed the, the storm came 12 hours after it was meant to come. But I remember weeping at the side of a Hillary step thinking, we made it, because it was 30 minutes away from the summit. Wow. And kind of releasing all the tension um, and actually, to be honest, probably not enjoying the summit day as much because I was so tense and thinking, gosh, we're going to make you're... it. Yeah. But
0: the, big, the big challenge in listening to that story in life is, um, would you have turned around if the storm had been there and you were so close, right? That's, that's the fatal Mistake.
1: I would have turned around big time. I've, i but it's a question. I, I can say that maybe with ease, because I've done it in other mountains. Right. Uh, I have two kids, and there is no way in the world I would have orphaned my children sure. um, through through this bad judgment. But absolutely, that's um, that's the big te- biggest test because you are so vested in the journey, and in investing, you, you do the same. You buy a position; right. it's not working for you, and keep you keep you know, having the dog in the portfolio and you put right. in with more and more money. Right. But, you know, at some point I learned as well in investing that selling earlier is better. and salvaging some money right. is better than owning a bankrupt company.
0: Sure. I live to fight another day. Exactly. So, so, um, what you came from the business world, normally, um, it's going the other way around, right? Some people learn at athletics and then they take it to the business world. You came from the business world and applied it to the athletic world. Explain that, and what other maybe business people could do. And, and let me just say one more thing: I get so annoyed because I see these very successful executives that work become extremely financially successful, and then they have a heart attack when they finally re- like they're not taking care of themselves at all. Sure. So, so what what could we learn there?
1: Look, I I turned forty, and I you watched- look like you're thirty. <laughs> But I I watched, I was at that time at Pimco, and I watched uh, the founder of Pimco, an amazing investor, um, effectively blowing up his company and his brand uh, from inability of distance himself from an issue and have, you know, another life, right, and effectively walk away from the business. And I thought, gosh, wouldn't that be sad if the only thing that when I pass away is known about me, that she was the morning star manager of the decade. Um, it kind of like it was a wake-up call, right, seeing someone so accomplished, yet so angry and unable to, uh,
0: distance, himself. to distance
1: himself and enjoy other parts of life, so not at peace. Um, and, you know, prior to that five years, I, I've done mountains, and climbing allowed me to get to the point where you can't think of anything else but the next move up, and it's very cathartic, it's like climbing yoga, right? Um, And uh, I I guess I wanted to to find that space. And I learned so much in the past eight eight months, right? I've learned how to be by myself and with myself with very little. Um, I learned to accept, um, you know, the fact that we can't control everything and that that's totally okay. And also that exposure to interminable cold, right, the thermoregulation issue, um, that actually toughens your your mind, toughens your body and allows you, helps you not to release as much of the stress hormone when you are confronted with, with uncertainty. Um, and that's you know that's for real. That's um, shown in the books and on all the market stress. So, I think I'm just a calm a person now, and that's um, not me. It's almost know, like it's almost ago. like
0: a portfolio stress test.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. For sure. We have
0: an ice cold pond uh-huh. over there. When we're done climbing, I'm gonna have you jump Sounds in. <laughs> it. It's something about it. It's mystical because it'll take the life right out of you. This right, pond. <laughs> right. Right.
1: Right. Looking forward to that.
0: <laughs> so. Um, Diet, we covered training. Um, You were just doing a lot of climbing was your training. Mm -hmm. Diet, you learned, you said, during this whole experience. So what what kind of diet would you recommend based on other than Mountain House? What Um, what should people, um, I'll tell you what I believe in, which you could completely disagree with, is less is more. So um, you don't need all these different drinks. Water's pretty good, coconut water's good, but all these juices and all this stuff you don't need. Coffee, everybody would argue with me. I don't think you need it, but I don't know what your thoughts are there. You probably didn't have it a lot of the time.
1: We didn't have it a lot of the time. And to be honest, the best things are nuts. Uh, they are a great source of, of oils and, and energy. So anything high-colorific calorific is not sugar-packed is great. Um, when you're so high up and it's so cold, uh, you need to think about what you're not gonna, what's not going to break your teeth. So if you're right. taking cleave bar with you, if is good mm-hmm. luck. You're going to come right. back with fewer teeth. Uh, so gels are great. choose like anything goo does. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's great, and I'm not sponsored. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, and plenty of hydration. I mean, water. You need just plain I water had, um and lots of it.
0: I had, um, people laugh, but when I did the really cold um, stuff and not, and not yeah. even close to the stuff you're doing, I had ground up peanut butter, re- refresh. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and I just had like a pound of it and I would just scoop it. I had some olive oil, I would drink, it sounds crazy, but no. I, it worked for me. It's
1: high calorific, so yeah. anything high calorific works. Yeah. Um, to be honest, when you're in Nepal. Eating the most organic thing to eat is dalbat, which is the local meal they have. Uh, the sharpest have it's rice, uh, vegetables, and lentils, and it have, if you think of it, it's combination of uh, carbs, carbs, pro- carbs yeah. and 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 protein. Um, vegetable protein, yeah. and that's the most filling and the safest uh, food you can have. So we yeah. very much ate that, and uh, that's
0: Do you get sick on any of this whole experience? Any? Yeah, any apart,
1: no, apart to be honest, apart from broken rice, no. But you get cumulative fatigue, and yeah. it's it's giving your body the time to recover Recover. Uh, and that was a hard way for me to learn you know I've I've had a um, kind of uh, two weeks after after coming to Everest I was on my second rotation hoping to go to the summit which was in the retrospect probably mad uh, in terms of being too early Um, we had an accident in in Kumbo Icefall Uh, the ladder broke and we were stuck uh, for four hours between four and eight a.m. it got very cold um, and I had my energy flogging and I had this kind of terrible bout of feeling I won't be able to do it. But mm. I made it to Camp 2 and I decided instead of summiting, I have decided to stay and um, you know, do nothing but eat and sleep. And that really helped. For, so you know, giving your body the time to rest and adapt recover. Uh, and recover. And up there you have to treat eating as, a, as, a, as an activity of the day. So I remember sitting in front of the bowl of pasta for an hour, trying to finish. You All know, right. something that I could have been, deep, you know, here within five, five minutes, but sure. kind of thinking this is my job for the day. I have to eat exactly. to, sure. to, remain, sure. to remain strong.
0: And um, what would you recommend for those out there listening? I mean, this whole podcast is about uh, achieving success no matter who you are sure. or whether it's financial, doesn't matter. Um, and a lot of people write in and say, hey, I'm having a tough time getting motivation. I'm, I, I, I don't have opportunities like other people have um
1: i think it's called learn helplessness and like my my big advice was would be don't get confined by by social uh frameworks you know i got somebody like I, I got out of business and i wanted to go for board seats slightly different opera but to be
0: to be board a board, a board
1: member. member and mm-hmm. i was told that someone looked at me and said how old are you i said 40 well you're too young for that go and have another child and i thought it was you know great advice but no thank you yeah um and i figure out the way of getting on the board. It's the same way as I said to someone when I was a couple of years before that I started climbing and the social gathering, someone asked me, you know, what's your climbing objective? And I said, Everest. And the guy looked up and down at me and said, you better start soon. So are you too old? Are you too young? So it's, it's these conventions that, uh, that prevent us from, from trying things and once you try the thing you can't be defined by by uh, you know who you are so we, we,
0: we had a guy recently who was having a tough time winning a wrestling tournament and he said uh, he got so frustrated after three years of losing that he took uh, his message to himself and nailed it on the ceiling above his bed and everything he did every day was to achieve that goal sure. so um i think that's what you're saying right like don't let people telling you things
1: absolutely and and actually i mean i think you guys had it in prior prior podcasts when people say uh get rid of people around your life who are who are putting you down and think of the virtuous cycle of learned effectiveness which is um optimism and confidence that come from that um and then perseverance because you need to be at it, and that's success you know be with people who can tell you you know I, i I didn't know the word badass, right? And someone, you know, after <laughs> I, was like, I had to look it up, but after an Akron Kagwa trip, the, uh, the guy, you know, I was the only one who submitted, you know, that was yeah. kind of in the, the first part of my journey. And I said, like, you're a badass. And I was like, oh, really? Me? You know, who failed PE? It's cool. <laughs> and just having someone who believes in you and say, actually, you stand out. Keep going. Sure. Um, and uh, the last one would be put stretch girls. And uh, that's why, for example, I picked uh, Cassin Ridge on Denali as the finale. I could have climbed the normal route, but uh, you know, it was a big mountain wall, it was unknown. I didn't tell anyone I was doing it. I was kind of scared to admit and thought, well, what if I fail? But once you do it and you go through hardship and you know, it was sure. cold and unpleasant, whatever, you then feel amazing. So it is about putting the stretch goals and, and, and challenges. And that's what kind of keeps you on the journey.
0: Because if you don't achieve a stretch goal, you don't feel as good right sure, absolutely. I mean, in life in general if you're if you if you're perfectly happy where you are then don't do anything different
1: sure and look i think the advice is transitions are always tricky you know i had to make a transition from being successful managing director at a big bank to uh being a uh, to having a portfolio career and doing adventuring and it was scary and i didn't know where i was going but unless you try you won't get anywhere anywhere new
0: sure there's so many of those famous sayings um, written in books and poems and stuff about look, a, a, life that's, uh, where you, a life that you end, where you're unscathed and not scarred, right, is a boring life.
1: For sure, a life not worth living. <laughs> <laughs>
0: not, a life not worth living. So what's next?
1: Uh, well, I have a, a charity that I'm setting up for, mm-hmm. um, for teenage girls uh, to get them to develop self-confidence and mental endurance through, uh, through the outdoors. Uh, so that will be a chunk of my time. I have portfolio of other responsibilities in non nonprofit world and in the public companies. So that's a life I have to return back to uh, and and take those commitments seriously. But uh, in terms of adventuring, I'd love to cross uh, northern Patagonia. That's uh, an amazing journey. As well as uh, climb uh, the new routes and new peaks and climb peaks in, in Nepal and India. So, I'm sure that the, the combination of the three uh, keep will keep busy. me very occupied. But again, in all honesty, I don't know what where this journey uh, will bring me and what opportunities will come on the back of
0: that. Well, I mean, this is probably going to be your greatest challenge.
1: Absolutely. looking forward to you that. Get this, you get this done. <laughs> done you're, fr- you're done. I'm done. <laughs>
0: all right. So you're sure you're, you've you got enough gear. You're ready for this.
1: Sure. So I'm a minimalist. Yeah. So let's do want- it alpine style. <laughs> no, no food,
0: nothing. Not even a, a radio.
1: No. Let's uh, go. Let's
0: do it. <laughs> We'll take that route over there.
1: Sounds great. Yeah. Be sure it's safe. I might. I know, yeah. it.
0: How's the mics? Can you hear us? All right. Tent is no stranger to you. You are no stranger to tents. 100 days in, in tents? That's sit?
1: right. And you know what? Like Before, I kind of didn't like camping that much, <laughs> but it turned out to be a very actually peaceful and a nice space to be.
0: So when you were on Everest, yeah. it looked like this?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, actually in the base camp we did have a, a camp bed, which was amazing. Uh, but most of the time you're in a tiny tent, and this time around in on Denali I did Cassin Reach, which is uh, a, you know, a, a complicated route. And we slept for three nights on ledges that were uh, cut into the side of the mountain in tiny tent that measured a meter and a half by a meter. Wow. Um, so, And the three of us were all cramped in. But somehow you, you can make yourself as you know, you can make uncomfortable comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. In fact someone when I before I was uh, attempting ever said the key, key skill is to become comfortable with being uncomfortable and yeah. I think that, that that's true. That
0: was the mindset. Sorry. Sure. And and where do you think you got that from all the hard work at, uh in, in in the um corporate world?
1: I think i tapped into endurance you develop uh from doing long hours and and working hard um and it's amazing how you can transfer those mental endurance back and forth right you can develop it doing spartan races or doing outdoors and bring it into real life in my case it was the other direction yeah so i think it's that right
0: how um i mean as a kid you must have been like one of these it's got to get an a plus if you don't get an a plus you're you're upset were you like that driven
1: I'm definitely an A-type, there's no way around it, but I failed on PE, I was in fact LP class. I was thrown out of P when I was eleven. I couldn't run, so um, and that was frustrating because I was so good at everything else. But
0: so no, you had no sports.
1: No, I wasn't sporty. I had like you know what they call learn helplessness, where you kind of say, well, I can't do it. I'm not good at it, so I'm not going to do it. So I completely opted out. Huh. And I discovered climbing in my mid mid thirties on my maternity leave. I was in huh. Chamonix and the friends suggested climbing. And
0: I thought you were twenty something. thank oh. you very much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway anyway yeah. um, I fell in love with adventure and yeah. the outdoors give you that sense so you don't feel it's an exercise you don't you actually don't need to get at the start line you just fall in love with waking up between the morning and the mountain Refuge walking across glacier and sure. arriving to, to a summit so yeah that was my journey
0: you know I, I I argue all the time I think a lot of athletes young athletes um, don't necessarily get into this stuff later because they're so burnt out mm-hmm. right all that training all those days all those hours and and um, I wasn't so athletic either and so later in life it's just like discovering this new thing and you just fall sure. in love with it
1: absolutely I mean well, I think what you lack and what I had to learn in the past uh, two years are things that are innate to athletes such as nutrition yeah. and the, the power of rest uh, which again was foreign to me it was like I want to be running up this mountain you know 24-7 and you can't do that you right. you need to know that your, your body needs to rest and it's, rest is as important as training
0: sure Alright, well let's get out of the tent and uh, try to summit this thing. Sounds what, great, what let's
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because in Asia you have to climb Karstens and Kasushku, but nevertheless, it's the ninth summit. There's right. the
0: night summit, and so um, there's it's one no, of the
1: most challenging ones. This is the
0: most challenging, <laughs> and this'll set you apart from anybody else. I, you're the I, only I, person now. Exactly. <laughs> Alright, this is this makes you number one in the world right now. You you good with that?
1: Hooray! <laughs> <laughs>
0: So how's it feel? You got you're, you're number one in the world right now.
1: I am elated. And <laughs> that
0: was a big deal. It was. I had to be at least what? I 40th... actually broke into sweat. <laughs> there were a couple of points you wanted to quit, which I was surprised. Right.
3: Oh well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, so tell us about it. Tell us what like getting to the summit of Everest was, or or Denali, or any of them.
1: It's uh, always about an overcoming uh, fear or overcoming. Uh, fatigue or overcoming a danger, a storm. Uh, So on Denali, we did a very technical route, and it was all of the three above, plus getting to the food, because we ran out of food on the last day. Um, Everest was anticlimactic, to be honest, uh, because I kind of, you know, summited in a way on Hillary step, which is 30 minutes before the summit, when I realized we we're going to make it, that we weren't going to turn away because of the bad weather forecast. So getting to the summit was like, wow, so many people got to go down. Um, yeah, but it's all about overcoming, overcoming yourself and uh, being cathartic about it.
0: And, and um, you weren't always like that, because you said when you were a kid, right. you're, you're doing athletics and you got cut from PE class. You couldn't even keep up. So... There were times when you quit in your life, were you, or right?
1: There were times when I quit, um, yeah, on the athletic field for sure, <laughs> early on.
0: So then, what happened here? What, like, why not quit on 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 summit number one, summit number two? There, you ran into all kinds of challenges. Why sure. not quit?
1: Well, you have people around you who believe in you, right? And you can't let them down. And I remember one of my first expeditions; it was at Concagua, kind of some time ago. I was walking; it was hard and. All I can think about was my son probably has bragged about it. In kindergarten, I can't let him down. And believe it or not, this notion that you are... Um, set an example for kids, actually keeps you, keeps you going. Um, but there are objective reasons why you quit in a mountain and it's, it's risk, it's thinking like in business terms, downside versus upside, right. um, and the, there is a great saying, the mountain is there next year, so you have to be, I think, careful in weighing uh, these two factors against each other.
0: I love the saying, um, getting up is optional, getting down is yeah, mandatory.
1: Yeah, and this big time.
0: Isn't, isn't that the saying for life though, getting up is optional, getting down is mandatory?
1: For sure, yeah. Not just
0: mountain climbing, I mean everything. I think you're right. (laughs) What I'm going to do is I'm going to stay at the top. Why don't you go knock this out 10 or 15 times because you look like you're itching to go. Uh. Knock on the door if you need water or anything later.
3: Okay, explore Grand Slam. I mean, seven continents. Amazing. That is so cool way to way to you know and the best part is she's doing this to inspire young girls right because we all need some mentorship and some inspiration and here you know, she is right. here she's saying like i'm not even an athlete i did really well in business hmm some of these things i'm doing in business hey they actually work in athletics too you know it's like the you know surrounding principles of life and earth that kind of apply to all things she's like Maybe I'll do the hardest challenge ever and mm-hmm. uh and did it.
0: Mm-hmm. And it and
3: then and then got to come here for her uh her spa day <laughs> <laughs> and
0: what's really compelling about this woman is the cause she's working for yeah uh, she's working to help young girls all around the world to gain more self esteem because girls have been shown to have less self esteem than boys in every country in the world I just at least in my experience, most of the women I come in contact with, or have come in contact with, have plenty of self-esteem. I mean, they pick themselves up. They, I think, they do better in business than men do. They've got the ability to push through pain better than men. No kidding. So, yeah. So I just don't. um I, I, th- I, think I don't see you, it as much.
2: But but it's you look <laughs> at uh, is that a representative sample. So you're looking at people who've already gotten there. Yeah. Yep. And so they've already struggled through that. And I think probably you're exactly right that the ones that you meet are even stronger than men. They are even more confident than men, but they had to be to get there because there are still a lot of things in our society that are slanted against women. So the women who succeed are the ones who can really pound through and power through. So I think what she's doing is she's trying to help level the playing field for these girls to to give them that boost in their confidence, self-esteem so you can have more of them end up where you're seeing these great women. I
3: mean, how do you even do that in eight months? That's seven continents, seven peaks, the farthest latitudes. Yeah. That's no, like North more Pole, than South one
2: Pole, the seven highest peaks, or the highest peak on all seven continents. And don't forget, she came all the way to Pittsfield to do an interview with Joe.
3: I mean, that's the, the, the rare... We, we the know rare how difficult that part is. I it, this, it, was,
0: um, this was the big challenge, she said. It was easy to get everything else done. It was very hard to get into Pittsfield. <laughs> well, <laughs> it inspires you, know, you,
2: though. It's funny because um, we take that for granted. So, Joe, you and I have both made it what, most of the way up at Concagua. Yep. And, and there are things that, you know... So, when I went up, did everything right, everything in my power. managed, horrible weather, could not continue. So then you it's very married. it's very possible that she goes and she does six summits, seventh summit gets sucked in or something like that, and the whole thing shot. So you look at the 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 scope of this commitment. It's not just that she's going to do all seven continents someday, right? She did them all in an incredibly short period of time, and then the North Pole, or South Pole, any one of those is a lifetime an adventure of a lifetime. So um it's it's astonishing she got all that done. Just from a logi-
0: you're just saying from logistics. For, yeah, forget about the the danger, forget about the um endurance required,
2: yeah. the logistics yeah. were an absolute nightmare. Any mm-hmm. one of those could have gone south and yeah. it would have scuppered the whole thing. I yeah.
3: love I love it's it's like some of the other people we talk to I, I forget the exact numbers but it's like 60 marathons in 60 days or seven um ultras in seven different countries. I mean yeah. and it's just amazing that us as humans can be like this is something that challenges me this is where i want to do it and mm-hmm. if i make enough phone calls and i find the right people it happens mm-hmm. you yeah. know what i mean and 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 that's really that that's really inspirational it's like yeah. you know what I, i'm i'm on a horseback ride through uh nepal and st louis and then swim the river <laughs> up to huck finn's old camp and it's like okay mm-hmm. i know i'm not really making a point here <laughs> <laughs> <It's> very odd for i let me say something
0: <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, I want to. I want to ask a question. I, I don't know the answer to this question, but I, I want to ask: Why is it that all around the world, young girls do have lower self-esteem than young mm-hmm. boys? Clearly, it's not because they can't achieve as much, because we have a woman uh, like Masha doing this amazing thing, showing the world that women can do pretty much anything, mm-hmm. just like men. Mm-hmm. And.
2: I don't know.
3: Group, uh, what what do you uh, think
2: it is? A lot of cultures are institutionally skewed against women. Mm -hmm. Uh, You look at um, a lot of traditional cultures where, where, you know, the the male child is valued more than the female child. And, and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. even different faiths where, you know, they the they're, they're women are valued less than men. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but even, you know, we, we look at what we think of as a modern, um, uh, evolved society like the United States, there are a lot of messages that tell women that what they're valuable for is their body, is their, you know, um, they, they're just... Boys and men are brought up with an expectation of success, with an expectation of going out into the world, mm-hmm. and and certainly more so now than before women are as well, but but that's new. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think that whether it's because it's... Um, it's a traditional old world um, s- culture that that mm-hmm. women were traditionally not valued, and now it's what they're valued for mm-hmm. in a lot of Western cultures. Um, mm-hmm. t- to give women, especially at a young age, the message that you are every bit as valuable as anybody else and capable of as much as anyone else, and eventually that that would be the expectation, mm-hmm. I think is, is a hugely valuable thing. Mm-hmm. So I, n- I know you're not arguing that it's not p- valuable, but oh no, no, yeah.
3: There's plenty of societies that are matriarchal. I mean, there's plenty that that value women and celebrate them. And and
0: oftentimes... Guess guess what society was the one that started it all?
3: Sparta. Sparta. (laughs) There you go, absolutely. Spartan
2: women had more freedom than women in any other part of Greece. Thank you. Fantastic, there you go. So, Joe, leading the charge, as always, for the women. Uh, Hey, if you want to find out more about Sparta, more about Spartan Race, more about incredible people like Masha Gordon, uh, go to spartanuppodcast.com. Check us out on YouTube, iTunes. See you soon.
3: Thank you for listening to another epic story of success. For show notes, video, and audio of this broadcast, visit spartanuppodcast.com
0: slash zero (laughs) niner eight.